Hey, everybody, welcome back to your new favorite podcast. A little presumptive of me, but I'm going to go with it. Um, this is Sex and Other Human Activities. I'm Sarah Benincasa, and that is Mr. Marcus Parks. Hi, how you doing today, Sarah? Good, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. That's awesome. Thank you. You're looking fetching in, in what? Now, Marcus is a handsome gentleman, obviously. Duh. Thank you. I don't hang out with uglies. <laughs> and you often rock a sweater or a jacket that is in some way militaristic. Absolutely. Which is interesting because I think of you as being a very um, kind of, uh, you're not an anarchist by any means, but you're not someone who I see as as being uh, the type to perhaps join the military, but you do enjoy the fashion. Oh, of course. Uh, During the wintertime, I'm like a cartoon character. I wear like two sweaters and the same jacket every day. And it's a lot of, you have your uniform. You have your Marcus Parks uniform. I do. And it's, it's dashing. Oh, um, by the way, you can hang out with us on the online. Uh, Marcus is at twitter.com slash Marcus Parks. And I am at twitter.com slash Sarah J. Benincasa. And I'm also at sarahbenincasa.com. Marcus is going to be launching. I don't know if I should even talk about it. Let's wait. Let, let, let's ma- let's uh, introduce a little bit of suspense into this. Mm-hmm. Build up the nut. Let's be- <laughs> Let's just say there's going to be a a very new, very big Marcus Parks internet project of which sex and other human activities uh, will will proudly be a part. And that's all I can say right now. And we're very happy to have you. (laughs) Yay! Well, here we are at the Creek in the Cave, a wonderful restaurant in Long Island City, New York, uh, 10-93. Indeed. Jackson Avenue. That'd be it. Right off the seven stop at Vernon Jackson. And it's uh, it's great. They let Marcus, invited Marcus to build a studio here. It's pretty fantastic. The owner, Rebecca Trent, is uh, possibly the biggest supporter of alternative and underground comedy in the entire city. Yeah, I would say that is absolutely true. She's fucking rad. Yeah, you can uh, check out, if you live here in the city and you want to check out cool comedy shows, you can go to creeklic.com, check out the calendar. It's a wonderful thing. It's fabulous. It's fabulous, fabulous. And actually, as I contemplate moving, I'm thinking about moving to Long Island City for two reasons. One, sweet leaf tea oh. and coffee, which is right next door, and the creek in the cave. <laughs> <laughs> because it's basically, Long Island City is just a bunch of highways and buildings built under and next to them. There's nothing really scenic or beautiful about it. There's the Pepsi sign. You can go to that. Or is it a Coke <laughs> sign? I don't even remember which. There's some soda sign you can go hang out by on the river, but... Anyway, so this is uh, Sex and Other Human Activities. We were throwing ideas back and forth, and I like to throw it out there on the Twitter. Hey, guys, what are you, what are you thinking about? And somebody, and I want to give this gentleman credit, even though I, I don't know if he's going to enjoy the credit that I'm giving because <laughs> – <laughs> let me see. Here we go. Uh, ah, Jason S. Burke. I want to give Jason – Jason, I want to give you credit. Twitter.com slash Jason S. Burke, B-U-R-K-E. I said, recording new ep of Sex and Other Human Activities today. Suggestions for sex topic? Jason S. Burke wrote back, timelessness of a handy. And this set Marcus off. (laughs) It did send me into a bit of a frenzy. Marcus was aroused, not in the sexual way, in that his, his anger was roused. Would you like to talk about this a little bit? Well, I can say that the worst sexual experience of my adolescence involved a uh, terrible hand job. Oh, it was awful. I was about 14. I was making out with this girl that I'd had a crush on for a while, which was great. I mean, I I was very excited about it. The makeout session was going great. 
Um, Did she let you feel her boobies? Oh, yeah. Damn. Oh, yeah. They were great. Great boobs. Yeah. Uh, ended up sleeping with that, actually sleeping with her uh, in 2006. Wow! Yeah, it was great. I love when you get to, that is the circle of life. When you, I call that a Simba. It was when 10 years get, later. When you get to fuck somebody <laughs> who you like grew up with. Um, and, and you're, you know, you were into them then, and then you don't see them for a while, and then you get back together and fuck. That's a Simba. Yeah. It should be called a Simba and a Nala, but I'm just going to call that a Simba. And I hear Elton John singing, and I hear, uh, I see a monkey holding up a baby lion, and that's what I see when I come, if I do come in those instances. So nice Simba, my friend. Very nice. Thank you. Uh, but we're laying on the couch, making out. And she's 14. She has no idea what she's doing. Goes into How old were you? You were 14. Too. I was 14 as okay. well. Okay. Just want to clarify. Yeah. So she goes into the pants. She reaches down, unbuttons them a little bit, but not all the way. She's not sure what she's doing. This is the first time that uh, a girl had ever uh, touched me in that way. Oh. So it was very exciting. But I had no idea what was going to go on. Uh, and I will admit, I was drunk. Uh, <laughs> you were drunk? <laughs> Okay, I started drinking at 12, but that's beside the point. Texas. Texas. So I was drunk, and I have always gotten very bad cases of whiskey dick. It's impossible for me to ejaculate after I've been drinking. Hmm. Impossible. I don't have any kind of, like, limpness problems or anything like that. This is true of many men, though. You're certainly not alone. Very few of them will admit it, Um, but I I think it's... it's science. I can't explain yeah. the science to you, but it's science. Like science just – it's not that you're not man enough. It's just science. You've you've taken in a dick-deadening liquid. Yeah. Oh. So um, she starts, uh, starts with a hand job and I'm loving it at first. Uh, but as it started going longer and longer, it got raw oh. and raw. And just so raw. Did she spit in her hand? No. Oh, it was a dry handy. It was a dry handy. It was a dry handy. And I thought like, okay, this is how it goes. This is how it's supposed to be. Uh, (laughs) And then finally, like I had to leave. uh, And Because of the pain or because like your mom was picking you up? (laughs) (laughs) No, I had to. I I started driving it. No, wait. I was 15. Uh, But I started driving at like 14, 15. You farmer's license? No. no okay, no. Texas. <laughs> Texas. <laughs> Very long uh, stretches stretches of highway. Uh, so I left, and my balls were swollen. Oh, no. So swollen for two days, so swollen that I could barely walk. I was damn near crippled. Your nuts were swollen? My nuts were swollen. It was, it was blue balls times a thousand, because she tried giving me a handy for about 30 minutes. <sighs> And so I was raw. Like I, I thought oh. that I had destro- like I thought my dick was just destroyed. Broken. Like it was broken. It was it was gone. I, I broke my dick. And you know what? Since you were drunk, I am guessing that it only got worse as you sobered up the pain because oh, yeah. when you're drunk, that of course I, I believe that part of the reason it's hard for men to get off sometimes when they've had uh, booze is because some of your senses are deadened, and yeah. so you are less likely to. To feel great pain or mm-hmm. or great uh, pleasure, and so for you, it was just the gift that kept on hurting. <laughs> <laughs> it already hurt when you were drunk. The more sober you got, hot damn, it hurt even. Oh, did you put icy hot on it? What did you do? <laughs> uh, what, do you, what do you do? Just do you a, a bag aloe? of ice. A bag. You put a bag of ice on your cock. Yes. Like my a bag of ice on my cock and balls. Was it something that you could bring up to mom or dad? 
God, no. All right. Okay. Well, okay. I could have brought it up to dad, but, you know, I didn't really want to. Right. Your and dad would have just she... been like, let me tell you about the time that a cow blew me, <laughs> which is a story you can hear on an earlier episode. I believe we got into that. It might have been a different podcast. Not sure. It could have been. We'll, re- we'll revisit it, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly, one day, yeah. Anything that happened to my dick, dad has a story that will top it mm-hmm. easily. Dad, want Marcus's dad, just real quick, just real quick for Very those quickly. of you who haven't gotten into it. Marcus's dad, when he was 12, growing up on a cattle ranch, put his his dong into the mouth of a baby calf, I believe because he saw the, the calf suckling its mom and thought, mm-hmm. oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. And well, he saw that the nipple was about the same size and shape mm-hmm. of his dick. Uh, so he thought like, hey, this might be nice. Thing is about a cow's tongue, though. Worse than sandpaper. Uh-huh. Like, you know how a, like a cat's tongue yeah. is kind of rough? Even a kitten, you're just kind of like, that's weird. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the calf just uh, took a hold of it. My dad maintains to this day. That's why he has a small dick. Oh, God. Poor man. Him. Probably <laughs> just genetics, but still. Still. So his cock got, ex- his tiny baby cock got exfoliated. It did. So the, the Parks family dick history is twisted. <laughs> And rough. Very rough. Very rough. Here's my opinion about hand jobs, though. I believe that a hand job should not go past 19 or so. After you're 19, that is whenever blowjobs should begin. It's the time, there's a time to put away childish things. That's what the Bible tells us. (laughs) It's exactly what the Bible tells us. Uh, And I do not know a single man who is above the age of 21. Any friend that I've had, even. You know, a lot of them younger. Uh, not a single one enjoys the hand job. The reason why is because we know our dicks so much better than any woman could. We know what we like. We know exactly what kind of masturbation we enjoy. Uh, and it's very – I mean – Women say, you know, people say that, you know, the vagina is complicated. Some cocks can be complicated as well. Yeah. I mean, in terms of like the vagina is is really a labyrinth yeah. at the center of which is is not a beast, but a flower, <laughs> a flower of love. And that is complicated. The vagina is structurally complicated. The, the clit can appear and then disappear and then appear and then disappear. It's very strange. The penis is more straightforward, but the process by which any human being gets off is rather specific to that human being. So there are sort of basics. Uh, Men, I would say men are generally simpler, but that is simply from a mechanical perspective. If we are talking about the psychological ins and outs of one's fantasies, what someone needs, I mean, it can be complex. Somebody asked me the other day on Formspring, Formspring.com slash uh, or no formspring.me slash Sarah J. Benincasa, where we get a ton, a ton, ton, ton of, of the inspiration for the show. Formspring.me slash Sarah J. Benincasa. Somebody asked me about foot fetishes and was like, you know, do you have a foot fetish? Do you like getting your toes licked? This person obviously had a foot fetish. Obviously. And I, I was I said, no, I don't, but um, it occurs to me that even within say you went to a fetish party and you knew the people there were into feet. Well, you don't know what the the individual person there is going to like. He might be really into the heels, you know, the heel of your foot, but but not the toes. Or he might be really into that toe cleavage. He might want to fuck your toe cleavage. But oh, he yeah. might think that it's gross if you have toe hair. Or he might be really into the arches of your feet, but totally not get off from the ankles. So people are very, very, it gets very specific. 
And men can be a bit complicated. I hate giving hand jobs. Yeah. I hate a fucking hand job. Hated them in high school, hated them in college, hate them now. What's the goddamn point? Exactly. And the thing is about the hand job, it's the only thing that men can do by themselves. It's mm-hmm. the only thing that they can always take care of. We can't, you know, we can't blow ourselves, we can't fuck ourselves. Uh, but we can give ourselves hand jobs. Yeah, and you've been doing that since you were very young. Yeah. You know how to do it. I mean, that's, what can I offer you in the realm of hand jobs that you can't offer yourself? If if you're still at the level where your sexual pleasure is off the charts just because there's another person there, then maybe that would be interesting. Right. But I don't know, but but then by the same token, I like getting fingered by someone who knows what they're doing. I like getting finger blasted when when someone knows what what he is doing, um, and uh, and is willing to take direction. That's yes. another thing. <laughs> very very important. That's the thing. I know a lot of men get offended whenever a woman gives them direction. It's kind of the same thing as uh, the hand job. They, you know your equipment. Mm-hmm. You know what you like. And it's better for you to give direction instead of having a man fumble around and Absolutely. try to find it and most likely fail. My most common direction during while getting finger blasted is um, nails. <laughs> <laughs> just because when the nail when there's a nail situation, it's just not nails. Ah, nails. You know, it's. Uh, I'm having flashbacks. But anyway, <laughs> it can be an unpleasant thing. For for me, I I guess I mean, I can finger myself, but I I think there are guys can do more things with the fingering than I can. Like, I do like to have an assistant there because sometimes I like to play with the clit and while somebody is finger blasting me internally. I'm way more of an external orgasm person, but Lately, I've been getting into somebody uh, like a sort of a tag team situation where there's yeah. the stimulation from in the inside from him, and then there's me with the finger on the outside on the clit. So I can I can get into that, you know. But I think a hand job is just so a hand job giving a guy a hand job is so basic and so it's just annoying. My wrists hurt. I'm like, yeah. what are we doing this for? You know, you could do that. <laughs> Why am I not blowing you? See, that's the thing. That's exactly what it is. After a certain point in your life. Um, men and women, you get to the point where you should be giving blowjobs and, no, and just blowjobs and sex. Mm-hmm. Hand jobs, I think, should be out the window unless that's a fetish of yours. And if it's a fetish of yours, that's great. I'll start you out by rubbing on the dick, you know? That's cool. Yeah. Or I'll rub your dick while I'm making out with you, let's say, if we get to that point. But... Yeah, I don't need to like just jacking it. Just gonna be like, is this awesome for you? Do you like? Does this feel good? Yeah, you like it. It's like I'm you in, in eighth grade. This is awesome. Like that's the voice of a hand job. <laughs> that's the, that's what a hand job's voice is like. Awesome. This is great. And you know, I do really enjoy a woman reaching down into my pants. There's something about 
the area in between my uh, cock and my belly button. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's like the little darts right there. Where the happy trail is. It's they a, point. Like, well, you have, I think, you probably have um, those, you know, those bones that, go, not bones, you know the part of a guy that only some guys have where it's like lower abdominals and they've got the V, you referred to the points? Absolutely. That Not all men have that in a way that you can see. In fact, I would say most men don't. And I like to think, I call it the V. It is the V that points, it points to heaven, really. It points downward, but it points to heaven. So if a guy has that, that's a big turn on for girls. So I'm guessing that for you, you know, you're reasonably, a reasonably fit dude. Thank you. Um, you've got a sick body, probably. Thank you. And so maybe, I don't know, maybe you're like experiencing stimulation. Like maybe there's some kind of internal... Something, something's happening in your internal junk that's getting stimulated. Like, you know how when you press on, for some guys, when they press on a girl's um, mons pubis, mm-hmm. uh, which is like sort of the mound or RV or a little bit above, um, it can increase sensation. I'm still playing around with that. I haven't really figured out how that works. But there's, you know, there's some stuff in there. I'm a, I'm a sex doctor. You can tell. Can you tell? <laughs> an MD, I'm like, there's some junk in there. And maybe you're just feeling something because, like, your junk is hooked up to the other junk, bro. <sighs> like, and, and that's the way it's always been. Like that. And you're exactly right. That, like, little V area just gives me this jolt. And also the inside of my thighs. Like, oh. around that, like, the inside of my thighs, like, if a girl just like lightly touches it. It's not like a grabbing situation or anything like that. Like whenever she lightly touches it, whenever she's going down for a bit of a, a pregame, right, right. if you will, which mm-hmm. I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I very much enjoy whenever you're making out, you know, you, the pants are starting to come off on both of you. That's great. But the actual hand job, you know, it's like after a certain point you get naked, you either fuck or you get a blow job or you go down on her and Or it happens go, at the same time. Or it happens like, at the whatever. same time, which I'm a fan you of. You eat the butt, you titty fuck her, she sticks her hand in your asshole, whatever whatever you're into. Um Yeah, I just you know, I'm gonna say maybe we could call this episode We Hate Hand Jobs. <laughs> Could that be the name of episode three, We Hate Handjobs? Absolutely. Because it's pretty apt. I think people will look at that. They'll go to the iTunes and they'll, they'll look up Sex and Other Human Activities or they'll look up Marcus Parks or Sarah Benincasa and they'll find it. And they look at the little description there and it'll just say it'll say episode three, Sex and Other Human Activities, blah, blah, blah. We hate handjobs. Mm-hmm. Very succinct to the point. And I feel accurate. Yeah. I think most people would agree with this, both male and female. Yeah. If we ever go out on a date, sir... Um, sir out there listening and well first of all if it's the first date I'm probably not going to be giving you a hand job or, or you know down there right uh, unless you're really hot or I'm really horny but probably I might want to get to know you a bit first before I do that stuff um, so then let's say whatever the second third fourth date I don't know I mean, how hard are you? This is getting to be a difficult hypothetical <laughs> for me because I'm like, are you an asshole? I don't know. But let's just say things are going well at some at some date point uh, in the future, and uh, and it's it's happy time. You know, I'm like, I, if I'm feeling on your dick, I'm probably not going to try and give you a handy J because I don't need carpal tunnel. A, <laughs> that's why I don't play guitar. Yeah. I don't need carpal tunnel. I type a lot, and that's enough of a risk. So ergonomically, a hand job isn't going to work for me. A. And B, I just think it's dumb unless you're really into that, in which case I don't think it's dumb. Right. It's like 
I just think it's a, I just think it's a it's a junior high move, man. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that, I think uh, you bring up a, an interesting point on that. Uh, it's we're not. I, I think you'd agree with me on this: is that we're not making fun or diminishing. Uh, the need for a hand job. If it's your fetish, if it's your fetish, and if it's your thing, that is completely all right. Yeah, like that, I mean, that's great. That's cool. I like to be spanked sometimes. Like that's rad. You know, whatever. It's, it's just, I'm. That's. It's not something. Like I'm not naturally. I'm sure going into a situation, hook making out or fucking. Most guys aren't naturally going to spank that ass. Yeah. It's not something they're going to go for. If you say that you're into it, then they will. And that's mm-hmm. how I feel about hand jobs. If you're into it and that's your thing, cool. But that's as far as I'm concerned that I've I mean, that's on the I've retired it. You know, I'll mm-hmm. bring it out of retirement once in a while, have it throw out the first pitch at the game just to honor its legacy. But I'm <laughs> not it's not gonna be on my starting lineup. Right. Right. See, for me, uh, I don't really have uh, any fetishes. I'm a straight up fucking type of guy. No fetishes. In fact, in fact, I. uh had a relationship, not completely, but in part end, uh, because I couldn't get into the whole S and M thing. Oh, like I, she wanted me to be uh, the dominant one, uh, and one. I know this is weird. I know this is really strange, but I cannot bring myself to hit a woman. That's not strange. Like, <laughs> that's nor- That's awesome and normal. Well, I mean, it, in sex, like in sex, I know some people that are into it. Like even if a, even if a woman wants it, even if uh, like I did it once during sex, she asked me to, and I did it once. Like hit her in the face. I hit her in the face. Yeah, yeah that's a weird thing. It's a really a guy, weird thing. A guy asked me to do that once, and I did it, and I felt really weird about it. Yeah, and I think it's it's multiplied if you're a man. Oh yes. It, yeah, and I I felt so amazingly bad about it just like personally i'm like jesus christ that's going to be something that's on me forever like i cannot say that i've never hit a woman even though it wasn't in any kind of anger she asked me to do it she wanted me to do it but it still really really fucked with me and to this day it still is sort of in my head well if you were a man who was raised right and for all the, the wackiness and the wonderful tales of the Parks family that you share, you were raised right and oh, you, you are a good man and you treat women with love and respect and you treat men with love and respect. Thank you. It should go against everything in your DNA to hit a lady. Yeah. The fact that she asked you to is really just like it was in the script in a play and you yeah. did as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, it's I've not never thought of it that way. Yeah, if it was if it were in the script in a play or in a film or something, you would do it because that's that's the point. You know, yeah. it's it's a problem when the person has not asked for it and you do that. But it's it's going against all of your programming. And I can understand the uh, you know, I, I don't look down on her for that. I can understand the erotic implication. I mean, I like to get spanked sometimes. And so it's it's again, it's the putting someone in a dominant place, trusting them enough to let them do things to you or ask them to do that you would not ask someone else to do all that stuff. I get it. But I think your reaction is quite a healthy one. And um you know, you don't need to. I think you did the right thing in doing her wish. Of course, I, I was very into like whatever she. I mean, because it was a relationship that I had been in in a long for a long time, and mm-hmm. I loved this woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just absolutely loved her, uh, and so I wanted to do a GGG, as they say. Uh, What's and that? I, it's like give, uh, give, give, girls, girls, girls. <laughs> Gandhi, Gandhi, it's Gandhi. Like, I can't remember exactly what it stands for, but 
It just means that if your partner wants you to do something, then you should at least try it. Okay. It should, you should be open-minded to it. You should try it. Uh, it's like good giving and something. G- Gandalf, okay. Gandolfini, garage band. <laughs> That's what it is. Yes. Um, Gaddafi in certain spellings. <laughs> and I, wa- I wanted to, to do that. Uh, and I tried it a couple times. And one, it made me, f- I either felt like shit about it or I just felt so silly. Right. Like so amazingly silly about it. I couldn't get into it. I didn't get it, like what the, what it was all about. You know, like she tried to explain it to me and I was just like, I, I don't know. And she had never done it before. It was something that mm. she had sort of gotten into at during the relationship, something that she wanted to, to get into. And so she didn't even really know what she wanted either. Um, so uh, it was one of the reasons why our relationship fell apart. Uh, because and also the sex party and other things. Yeah, I remember you told me about that. <laughs> yeah, that we that, went to the sex toy store and you told me about. Yeah, that the sex that, party you went to. That story can wait for another time. <laughs> uh, but I, I guess the point is, is that uh, I don't even know how we how did we get on this talking about fetishes and how we I went. Oh, we were any, talking yeah. about how we think hand jobs are dumb, but then we were saying, well, if but if it's your fetish, like we'll go for it. Or yes. Or I will. I've not you. Yes, but. yes, yes. Although well, if, if it's a girl's fetish. If it's fetish, a girl's fetish, give you a handy, Jay. You'd, you'd let her do it. Uh, for a bit. You'd <laughs> be like, yo, <laughs> step off. You know, I had a, uh, there was a guy who asked me to smack him across the face once, and I felt real weird about it, but I did it. And that was the last time he asked me to do it, because I was like, well, if you want me to, I'm going to do it with gusto. <laughs> um, but it was very strange. And I was doing something... That was satisfying, I think, some need in him to be punished. I mm-hmm. don't think that it was. And and that's, uh, I think he found from me doing it, he found that he didn't like it. And so that's okay. Sometimes you, when you feel really comfortable with someone, and I think it's a credit to your relationship with her at that point, that you were willing to go for it and that you guys were willing to play in that space. So when you feel really comfortable with someone, hopefully you can experiment. And sometimes you discover things that you love. Sometimes you discover things that you don't love. So for as many victories, you may also have defeats <laughs> with certain things. Well, I think in, in with with sex, you can discover stuff about yourself. Oh, yes. Like many like emotional things and what you like and what you don't like, for example, with me. You know, like that's that's what I discovered is that I can't do stuff like even if a woman asked me to, even if it's part of the sex, part of what we're doing at that point. Like I realize that there are some things that I cannot do, you know. Like, and you know, I and I you can't, have some boundaries. And that's I a have good boundaries. Thing. Yes, absolutely. I have boundaries, and I've gotten to the point now where, at the time, I was very like, oh, you know, I'll whatever you want to do, you know, I'll do it. I'm to the point now where, you know, possibly like if a girl asks me to do something, I might say no. And I know a lot of people will. Uh, argue against that no i think that's sexy like they say like (laughs) boundaries are sexy to me yeah well though i mean i know certain like you know just other people who work in the you know i guess like sex advice community Mm -hmm. uh will say that that's bullshit that that's selfish and everything like that but i don't think so i completely disagree with that consent goes both ways man it does it really does if you if if somebody has a, a rape fantasy for example and they say to me sarah i want to act out this rape fantasy on you I'm going to say no. I yeah. don't, I'm not into that. Uh, that's I, I don't like things that are rapey. And if 
if the person says, Sarah, I want to act out a rape fantasy where you you are raping me, say no too. I, I want neither to be sexually assaulted nor to be the sexual assaulter. And that is that is perfectly okay. I think knowing your boundaries is a fantastic thing. It is a very important thing. And you don't have to apologize for that. It doesn't make you a square or boring if you don't want someone to come on your face, yeah. if you don't want someone to come on your tits, if you don't want to swallow when you're going down on someone. If you are going down on someone and you uh, you need to take breaks to rest your jaw, that doesn't make you lame. That makes you human. And all of these you know, different – Little quirks are are part of the the glorious uh, family of oh, gross family. No, uh, no, 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 no. Back up. The, ra- the spectrum, <laughs> the spectrum of human sexual expression. And by the way, if you would like to talk back to us, chat with us, feel free to email. We have some reader mail that we're going to get to now. Um, but if any of this this stuff intrigues you, or uh, you think ah, you are so wrong, or ah, you are so right. Uh, email us at sarah at sarahbenincasa.com. That's sarah, S-A-R-A, at sarah, S-A-R-A, B-E-N-I-N-C-A-S-A dot com. You can also tweet at us. You can tweet at Marcus Parks or at Sarah J. Benincasa. Somebody tweeted at me. We were talking about consent. I don't know if it was last week. We were talking about when you're drunk. Mm-hmm. We are talking about being drunk with a coworker. And, uh, you know, we were, we were basically saying that our point was uh, if, if one of you is too drunk to say yes, then you shouldn't be having sex because that's against the law. And someone said something that was interesting to me. They said um, even if both of you are, are too drunk to say yes and you have sex. So like both of you are too drunk, right, to, to, to premeditate the sex and you have the sex. If afterwards one of you decides it was unwanted, like that, that can be actionable. So it's a. I'm not sure if it is, but it's a really, it's a really dicey proposition. So what I would just say is, when you do have sex, everyone in the situation must be awake and alert enough to say yes. If not, I disapprove, and so does the law in many cases. Well, that's a very gray area because sure. how how many times do you go home with someone one night stand and you're both pretty drunk and you walk you go into the apartment. Or house or whatever. Uh, how many times do you say, would you like to have sex with me? Right. It's there's, like, there's yes, like... I would like to have sex with you. It's like, no, you go into the house and you immediately start making out and then you fuck. And I, I, don't, I don't see how somebody afterwards could, I guess, blame it on someone else, blame it on the other person. Um, because if you're both too fucked up, but and but that's just such a gray area. How do you legislate that? It depends on. I mean, and honestly, with stuff like that, it depends on the the jurisdiction yeah. of the area you live in. It depends on. Um, it depends on your lawyer, <laughs> what mm. your lawyer can argue. It depends on who the judge is. It depends on a lot of different factors. There are definitely cases in which. You know, some one person can be wicked drunk and the other person can be too drunk to consent and they have sex. And afterwards, one of the people wakes up and goes, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to have sex. This is fucked up. And I can see how there could be uh, I can certainly see how it could be actionable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Especially if like violence were employed or if if condoms weren't used or if birth control wasn't hand like it's so weird. It's you're right. It's hardly hard to legislate. It's hard to make up a blanket legislation kind of thing for that. 
because each case is different. Yes. So I would say rule of thumb, if he or she cannot, uh, if he or she is too drunk to remember it the next day or too drunk to say yes or no, if, if one of the people, if anybody's too drunk to walk um, or drive, <laughs> just don't have sex with that person. You know, if somebody's too drunk to walk, like if there's any question in your mind, don't have sex with that person. I would say err on the side of, or maybe go to Waffle House, get some fries, get some waffles smothered and covered, and then see if you still want to do it. Like, it's just, I mean, for me, I have definitely had sex when I was drunk. I've had sex sober. Um, I have never, thank God, fingers crossed, Lord willing and the crick don't rise, it'll stay this way, have (laughs) never had non-consensual sex. So I have never, I'm one of, and and I I do believe that I am one of... um, one of uh, probably fewer than half of women who have never been put in that situation or have never been in that situation. I, I've been in that situation. Really? Oh, yeah. A couple times. Wow. Yeah. Where girls got me wasted. Whoa. Absolutely wasted. And they were not. Like, they were really? not drunk. They were not. And they just got me absolutely wasted. Girls that I would never fuck in a million years. Holy shit. Uh, and then I woke up the next morning and I turn over and what the fuck? Yeah. And I remember it. I mean, of course, I mean, I do remember. I've never had a, like a blackout type thing. Uh, and I like vaguely remember it. But then I also remember how this girl kept bringing me Long Island iced teas all night if and you, kept feeding them to me over and over and over If again. you were a female, do you think that you would have regarded that situation as like sexual assault? If I was, I think it would be different. Mm-hmm. I think so. But on the other hand, I can't, you know, I don't like to try to put myself in because I don't know how you know a woman would regard I don't I don't want to did you regard it as a male did you feel like you'd been violated oh absolutely oh absolutely I wouldn't but it's not one of those things where I would because it's I think it's a lot different for men and women you know it was I felt like I had been violated but not enough to like not enough to report it right I I think what, what I what I kind of thought is that, like, okay, I should not have taken those drinks from her. My, I should not have done that. I share some of the blame too, mm-hmm. where I fucked up. And I know how I get whenever I get really drunk. Whenever I get really drunk, I'll, yeah, my dick does just, uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> whenever I get really, really drunk. You'll, you'll stick I'm, your dick in an electrical socket. I'm very indiscriminating. <laughs> <laughs> very indiscriminating. <laughs> uh, and and I know that about myself, mm-hmm. uh, and I knew that these that this girl was pushing me in that direction. I knew in my mind somewhere that like this is going to a bad place. So you felt very much like she was she was on purpose, far more sober than you were. Like there was a manipulation happening. Here. Absolutely, yeah. So it wasn't like you both got drunk and and were like let's do it, but. There she was like, keep drinking. Yeah, yeah, and that's so interesting. And her name was Lucky. No, (laughs) (laughs) college. Oh, gross. See, and that's if you were like, it's weird because I'm I'm sitting here and I feel like that's fucked up, but I also feel like if you were a girl telling me this and you were saying, yeah, he kept bringing me these this booze and I was in college and I just kept drinking and drinking and I woke up the next day and we'd had sex, I'd be like, holy, like I'd be like, holy shit, you need to go to a counselor. Yeah, you know, and so it's kind of fucked up that. I'm just realizing, like, some of my bias as I'm sitting here listening to the story because that's – I am because I think because uh, because I'm a female, like, 
I'm thinking, oh, shit, man, that'd be so scary. You might wake up thinking if you were pregnant or this person violated you. So I think it's, like, kind of fucked up that I would be more sympathetic to a woman in that case than to a dude. And you're not asking – like, you're not asking for sympathy. It's not that. But it's, like, uh, my reaction is to you is I see how I take it less seriously than if you were a girl. And that's a- fucked up. Absolutely. And it's two different things. It's two very different things. Whenever I say violated, I don't say it in – a way in which someone had held you down. Yeah. Like held me down. Uh, and really, I don't even know if violated is the right word for it because I woke up the next day and I wasn't like shivering or, you know, really fucked up about it. I woke up the next day and went, Oh, son of a bitch. It was one of those things where I was just like, did you feel like she forced you or were you mad at yourself for making bad choices? Both. I, it was, and I, it was, that's that's usually I feel like how sometimes date rape goes. Yeah, I, I think so too. Or I mean, acquaintance acquaintance rape, some as they call it. Yeah, and it was acquaintance rape. I knew her. Like it wasn't it wasn't one of those things where it was, uh, um, where it, it was I didn't know this person. She was a, a stranger. And all that. No, I, I knew her. We kind of hung out in the same circle. I, I hung out with some very sleazy people in college. Well, My first two years were very strange. Well, you can, I mean, but you know what? You could have hung out with somebody. That's one one lesson we learned from hearing about sexual assault and stuff, right? Is that you can be hanging out with somebody who is just, who's a goddamn Kennedy. And I <laughs> use that name on purpose. You can be hanging out with somebody who is absolutely a pillar of society. It comes from a great family. They're a great person. They're studying to be a, a doctor or a, a, some sort of hero profession. Or you could be hanging out with a, someone from the Justice League even and <laughs> you know what they seem to be uh, they might not seem to be sleazy but they could be really hurtful mm-hmm. and flip it and you know if you flip it i've hung out with people who were total you know creepy greasy um misfits who were some of the kindest and most principled human beings on earth who would never do something like that oh of that course not don't s- get that, me wrong that makes me sad that 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 happened marcus i feel like that's sad and i want to like i, I just want to like Hold you and then go find Lucky and set her on fire. Not the only time, though. Happened in New York, too. Really? Mm-hmm. What happened there? Whenever I first moved to New York, I worked for The Onion for a little while, where we met yes. and worked together. Uh-huh. Uh, and then after that, I uh, played um, drums in uh, a couple of bands here in New York for a couple years. And I was in this band uh, in which it was an all-girl band. Uh, except for me, of course. <laughs> uh, oh, but I had very you long hair. You were the uh, I had very long hair at the time, and I'm a you know I'm a bit of a I look uh, more elfish than I do uh, you know human. You have. I'm talking more Lord of the Rings type style. Well, I'm more. You're I'm a more tall. You're this is you're not a tiny. You're a tall. You have excellent. And I would say um, exceptional bone structure on the face. Thank you. Well, I mean, I'd say I'm more elf. Or I'm more Legolas than Aragorn, if that makes sense. I would say that too. Yeah. Um, so there was this the lead singer, not very attractive, mm-hmm. uh, and bit of a cunt as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is all. I'm not like you know talking out of school here. This is well, my opinions on this woman are well known. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, especially if you feel that you that, that this person sexually assaulted you or uh, or abused you or whatever word we want to use. I mean, I'm not so I'm, sometimes I'm not good with like the technical language of these things and people get upset. But like whatever, if you feel this person did something bad to you, then I think it's fine to call that person a cunt. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, so she tried a couple of times like there was one time we were both big David Lynch fans and we were <laughs> And we were in. A, I'm a huge day. You were like, like, let's watch Mulholland Drive. We watched Eraserhead. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> which no, is no, <laughs> which is one of my favorite movies. I can watch Eraserhead. Whenever I'm just picturing I picturing the poster and it makes me feel weird. Whenever I first saw Eraserhead, I was like, "Oh my god, they made my dreams into a movie." <laughs> <laughs> I've never even seen it. I'm just picturing the like promotional image and feeling weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was the the first time she came over, and she tried to hang out with me, and mm-hmm. uh, and I reject, or I, she tried to get with me, and I rejected her uh, because she and she asked me why not, and she was a bit of an overweight gal, uh, and I'm you know I mean okay she's a pretty overweight gal, uh, and not very cute either, so I was just you were uh, not but I couldn't to her. I was not attracted to her, but I couldn't. Tell her that because she asked me like why like why don't you want to hook up with me? Ugh. I couldn't say it's like because because you're you know you're not, unattractive. You're not my body type. So I said I'm not attracted to Asian girls. Oh God! So you made it <laughs> you made it racist. Made it you made it, you were like I thought I thought that racist was better than you know. Totally oh my like, God! I thought it was the lesser of two evils. You were and like, do I tell her it's because... And so you, which okay, is terrible because so gr- yeah, the girl the, I'm seeing now is Korean. Right, you're so. not... Because you're not racist is a thing. So I love that... <laughs> wait, this is amazing. We've we've talked about hand jobs, rape, and now we're here. Marcus, <laughs> at one point... To, to, I'm just going to restate this for everyone who's just tuning in, really. At one point, Marcus, rather than tell a, a woman that he was not interested in sex with her because he did not find her physically attractive. He thought that would be too mean, so instead he pretended to be racist. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Amazing. Yeah. And so, okay. And so she eventually quit the band, but her la- our last... And that, that night went nowhere because we just got high, <laughs> oh and that God. was it. We did, There was no drinking involved, just got high and watched Eraserhead, as you do. Right. Uh, and... So we were at our, we had just played our last gig with her mm-hmm. and we were drinking the Lower East Side and sh- same thing. She kept bringing me shots, mm-hmm. kept bringing me shots of whiskey. And you kept going yummy. Thank you. Well, I love whiskey. Yes. I'm never going to turn down a whiskey. Okay. Shot. I mean, especially if it's Jameson, which it was. I'm, uh, I have to, I Take can't. Take a note, ladies. <laughs> Take a note. If you want to bring me a nice gift. Good old bottle of Jameson always goes. Uh, So she kept bringing them to me, and she lived off the G train. Oh, the worst train in New York, man. G train gets a lot of shit. Not that I hate the G train. I'll I'll straight up tell you that I am racist against the G train. (laughs) That thing has left me stranded. Anyway, keep going. So uh, I, at the time, I lived in the the West Village, uh, and we're in the Lower East Side, so I'm fucking blitzed. She's like, hey, and she's sober. She's like, hey, I don't, like, it's really late, and I don't want to take the G train home. Like, can I, like, come and stay with you and, like, sleep on your couch? I'm like, all right. I was like, oh, all right, it's fine. Let's do it. And so we go into, we get into a cab, and she's sitting a little close to me and kind of, like, rubbing on me a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, it's fine, whatever. Uh, And so we get into my apartment, and I just sort of, like, lay down on the bed, and she gets in there with me starts like lays down next to me starts from this is from what I remember the flashes here and there uh, and then we start making out and then we have sex mm-hmm. and the next morning I wake up and I'm just like oh god what the fuck and so she leaves and I go to uh, change my sheets and she had her period during sex like her period started while we were having sex so there was a gigantic blood stain on my sheets and mattress. This is the least erotic story. And this is less sexy to me than your dad getting sucked off 
and his dick almost getting bit off by that calf. Yeah. Wow. Now I'm re- now I'm a little bit regretting that I told this story. No, it's totally fine. <laughs> I was I was talking about period sex. Uh, I, I didn't want to make period sex a whole topic, but we'll let's talk about it because it's amazing. Let's so, do it. But so the upshot of it all is that you felt like once again you felt like this person had taken advantage of you. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's fucked up, you know? And I mean, just because it that person was a girl and, and you're a guy, you know, obviously I, I, I don't know the particular I, – I, I'm not good about legal stuff. I really don't know. But, um, but I think one important message to put out there is that just because you're a man doesn't mean that you can't be raped. There's this illusion out there, men can't be raped, and that's so not true. And some people go, okay, well, a man can be raped by a man. Yeah. But you know what? A man can be raped by a woman too. Like, yeah. and, and and if a little boy gets um, uh, sexually abused by an older woman, that's still sexual abuse. That's not like fuck yeah, man, he got it in. It's like <laughs> that's sexual abuse. You know, my if you regard if you regard it as as having been abusive, like that's that's what that is. I mean, of course you'll hear some guys be like, I was fourteen, I fucked this lady who was who was thirty. It was awesome. Yeah. Obviously, that guy doesn't look at that as rape, so I'm not going to look at it as rape. Of course. But not. if you're fourteen <clears throat> and you know you feel like someone has has forced themselves upon you or or has um has abused your trust or or whatever, you know, a lot of times like I think we we have this idea that in our society or probably in most societies that that rape is like somebody uses violence, and that's not always it. I mean. No. I'm uh, I'm certainly I'm certainly not somebody who who automatically um, automatically always believes the accuser. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly not. I'm, I'm just saying I'm not that person. I'm not somebody. I believe people are are innocent until proven guilty and all that jazz. Um, but having said that, I, I I do have a tendency to 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 trust people and believe them to an extent. I, I feel if, if somebody is, um, in, in many cases, and I'm not talking about, you know, where great sums of money and celebrities are involved. <laughs> I'm talking about if somebody is willing to risk the public humiliation and the, st- the sheer stress, private stress, public stress, of, um, of, of saying, yes, I was assaulted, yes, this was wrong, yes, someone committed this violation against me. I, I am going to I'm, – I'm not just automatically going to discount that person. I am going to give that person a chance to, to talk about it and, and, and I'll make my own kind of decision um, in my own head about it because I feel like most people, unless they're out of their fucking minds, are not going to invent a rape charge or a sexual assault charge. Most um, people know. Most people know. There are some people who, for for greed, for uh, for reasons of um, uh, retribution, you know, there are people who who will make up those accusations. But mo- for most people, just the level of pain that, that it puts you through, most people wouldn't want to endure that. Yeah, not at all. Man, we went to a dark place. We did, <laughs> but I'm all right with that. You know what? We yeah. went to, we're growing. We're maturing as a podcast. We go to a dark place sometimes, and and that's okay. So, um, so please, if you'd like to chat with us more about this, email Sarah at sarahbenincasa dot com and uh, and put your two cents in. Now, we did have some folks who put their two cents in about stuff we've talked about in the past. So we got some reader mail here. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to do a little uh, uh, do a little search. Do you want me to sing some hold music? Yeah, just sing some hold music. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Sex in the Workplace podcast. That, of course, was our last podcast. We did How to Fuck Your Coworker. 
That was the sex part. And so this is from our friend Rob in New Jersey. Rob says, I can honestly say that in my experience, it is never a good idea to fuck someone in the workplace. Mm-hmm. I have done it three times. <laughs> oh, Rob. <laughs> and ended up dating all three at different times, by the way. The first two ended while still working together and they began dating coworkers. So I just had to work alongside all parties. Oh, that's awkward. Oh. That was a shitty situation. The third was tough because it was at a place that had a no fraternization clause. So it had to be kept hush hush. Plus, the girl was the assistant to the CEO. So that made it even harder. However, on a good note, I got to partake in a vacation that the CEO sent my girl on for a bonus. That one ended after we both quit the job and were friends, so I guess it wasn't all that bad after all. The first two made life at work fucking miserable for me. Everyone says not to shit where you eat, and I should have followed the advice. Love the podcast. Rob from New Jersey. Thank you, Rob from New Jersey. Man. Thank you, Rob. So fun. You know, I got to say that third one sounds awesome. Totally, dude. Yeah, I think you that's the one. You gotta go on vacay? Yeah, you got, well, not only do you have the, the thrill of it, like the, we're like, oh my God, I could get fired if someone Ooh. finds out. And then you get to go on a vacation and then you both quit your job, you become, you know, and you're still friends afterwards. That sounds all right to me. That's pretty fucking rad. But the first two, I understand that completely. Now, this one is from our gal, Ruth. Uh, Ruth Ruth is in Australia, and hey. she is at twitter.com slash ruthico, R-U-T-H-I-C-O. And she said, uh, hi, Sarah, I follow you on Twitter and only listen to your podcast today. I love it and think the world needs more like it. It's rare to hear strong women talk openly about sex and sexual subjects, so was beyond delighted to hear you talking so openly about masturbation. She was talking about our first episode where we did solo sex and solo dining. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Ruth, from uh, from Australia. That makes us very, very happy indeed. It's very nice to hear from you. Ah, and I love an international listener. Absolutely. Thank you, Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, and thank you so much to uh, to our friend Jen Schwalbach, twitter.com slash Jen Schwalbach. And Jen um, co-hosts the wonderful, my p- favorite podcast, it's called Plus One. It's on the Smodcast Network, and she co-hosts it with her husband, filmmaker Kevin Smith, and uh, she shouted us out on Twitter, which is of great, we appreciate so, so much. And and welcome to people who found us through Jen. Mm-hmm. She's pretty hot, too. Yeah, she's a yeah. hot, she's hot. <laughs> she's hot. Jen did posed once in Playboy, and I didn't know about this, and somebody sent it to me, because I guess they saw that I had talked to her on Twitter, and I guess what what happened was that um, Playboy had done some issue about, um, you know, we talk to artists and and filmmakers about what they think is sexy. And and Kevin Smith was one of the the people who they talked to. And he said, you know, I guess he thought his wife was sexy. She's very sexy. She's been in some of his films. She's in his new film, Red State, which I'm going to see this weekend at Radio City Music Hall. Mm. Very excited about that. Um, And uh, and so so Jen very tall, beautiful woman. So he said he, he likes he liked comic books, I guess, and he well he, of course and uh, and her. So it's her in like sexy see through lingerie, and I don't know if you see a beaver or not because there was a star <laughs> over her pussy. I have to uh. ask. And it's this guy dressed as Superman, kind of like holding her from behind, and she's Lois Lane, but sexy Lois Lane. And I was looking at it, and I was like, holy shit, that is such a hot photo. She's a redhead, right? I don't know if she's a redhead right now. She's been a blonde. She's been a redhead. She's been a lot of things. Um, she's been a hot piece of lady. And I say that with all feminist good intentions. <laughs> so definitely check out Plus One. Go to smodcast.com and, and check out the Plus One podcast. And thank you to everybody who's been shouting us out on Twitter. And, and we love we love the email. So again, Sarah at sarahbenincasa.com. And um, I suppose before we go, we should do one more human activity. 
I would like the human activity that we focus on today to be unemployment. (laughs) And here's why. I thought that I knew what I was doing with unemployment. I really did. Because I got got laid off and and um, for my full time job, and so I started applying for unemployment. And I blog. I blog every day, and I do other freelance stuff. I make somewhere from twenty to forty dollars a day on an average day. <laughs> uh, of course, when I go to colleges and I have gigs, I, I make more than that, which is great. Um, and I, I always am asking for money from the bank of my family. <laughs> oh, please, you guys. They're like, all right, weirdo. Um, but no, they're very generous and, and giving, and I appreciate that very much. But I, so I'm on unemployment, right? So I'm like, okay, I make like twenty to forty dollars a day on average. Uh, you know, freelancing, I get paid like once a month, maybe. So, um, and I said to people, I'm like, do I get unemployment? Yeah, yeah, you get unemployment. You get unemployment. Just um, when you get uh, when you get paid, you got to report that you worked. So mm. okay, all right, that makes sense to me. You know, I'm making anywhere from a hundred to two hundred dollars a week before taxes, so it makes sense. I would need some help from the government. So I'm, I'm doing this and I'm just reporting when I get paid as uh, having worked. And I hear a lot of my friends, freelancers, they do this. They're like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And then I start to – I start reading the fine print more after a few months of this. I go, I don't know if this is right. I talk to a few friends. I go, I don't know if this is right. I think this – I don't – this might not be the right way to apply for unemployment. They're like – and one person goes, yeah, I mean it's lying but whatever. And I go, what? It's lying? And they're like, yeah, it's kind of lying. So I go and I read. I read the fine print more and because um, I'm a dumbass. And it, it does say, you know, report – you know, it, you go in and it goes on the, on the online where you put it and it goes, did you work? How many days this week did you work? And it doesn't ask how much money you make. It just says how many Ooh. days this week did you work? So I'm thinking oh, I sh- I'm just supposed to report when I get money. No, no, no. So I call them up. I go, hey, I'm worried I'm not – reporting my unemployment right i don't know you know i, I want to play by the rules so i talk to somebody i go hey is this right um this woman named edith edith goes yes you're doing it right i explained it in great detail you're doing it right i still feel weird about it i call back i talk to some dude don't remember his name he goes nope you're doing it wrong mm. i'm like shit man all right so he goes he goes listen here's what you got to do you need to report um every day that you work even if you don't get paid so I go, all right, man. So I report. I said, you know, I work. I what counts as work? Emailing for work counts as work. Making phone calls for work counts as work. Any of this shit um, counts as work. You know, uh, writing bills for your home office counts as work. All that shit. So I'm like, shit, man. That means I work every day. So I start reporting that I work every day. And they're like, you can't. You don't qualify for benefits anymore because you work every day. And I go, yeah, man. But I get paid like once a month, and I made. You know, I I uh, I make about a hundred to two hundred dollars a week before taxes. They said it doesn't matter. It's not based on your income. It's based on how often you work. And I said, Are "You serious?" They're like, "Yeah." And I go, "Well, then." And I'm such a dumbass. I sh- I should have just kept. I should have just lied. But I go, "Well, you know what, man? That I owe you guys some money back." Oh God! Damn it. <laughs> oh, what's wrong with you? I know. I go, you know, because I've been doing this since, uh, you know, since I got laid off back a few months back. I. Uh, you know, I've been doing this blogging thing every day, and I, it doesn't pay the bills. I get money from other people and shit like that. But uh, and they're like, "Oh, well, then you you do owe us money." I was like, "Yeah, man, you should send me a bill for that." Sorry about that. And they go, "It's pretty." Uh, I talk to somebody who goes, "You know, it's pretty clear." And I go, "I guess so, but I'm kind of dumb." I'm like, just to be honest, <laughs> like I made a mistake. I'm kind of stupid. I'm glad I called you guys. So now I got to pay them back uh, the the three thousand dollars. Thirty-two hundred dollars that I got isn't that fucked up? Oh Jesus Christ! I know. What is 
wrong it's, with you? I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, man, it's just this lying thing, you know? Like, I just, I don't. See, in, in personal in personal relationships. Oh, I'll, yes. lie in, oh, I'll lie in personal relationships. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, I'll lie. I just won't lie to the government. Yeah. I'm like, oh, dudes, I fucked up. I owe you money. They're like, you do. I'm like, if you, all right, cool, If man. you lie to anyone, you lie to the government. I know. So the point is, I understand now, though, how the system penalizes people because if I penalizes people for working because if I wanted to be on unemployment, I would have to give up the 100 to $200 a week that I make and in order to get my $360 after taxes a week, right? Do you so, think you could get Comedy Central to pay in cash like an il- illegal immigrant? <laughs> Under the table? <laughs> I'll go be like, hey, guys, what's up, you know? So I, uh, I'll be like, hey, can you just give me some $5 for that blogging? <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so the upshot of it all is that basically like – even though, so I'm, if, if I weren't working, I'd be entitled to uh, $405 a week less taxes, which is about 360 But because I work and make 100 to $200 a week before taxes, I am, and I work five days, I am ineligible for, you know, I can't even get the difference. It's fucked, man. And they're like, yeah, now you can't get unemployment uh, till 2013 and I was like alright that's I hope I'm what anyway the whole thing is a clusterfuck I obviously made a mistake and was stupid I should have read the fine print from the beginning or just lied once I realized I was doing it wrong you should have lied but, uh, all, that's, that's what all my friends do but you know what all, if all your friends jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge etc cetera, etc cetera. so I'm just glad well, if all your friends jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge so they could land in a pile of money and it'd be, <laughs> all, it'd be fine <laughs> Then yeah. Oh my God. I so I'm you know what I am glad that I called and said, Look guys, I think I'm maybe I'm not so glad, but look, I'm glad that if if, if I was gonna call and be like, Look, dudes, I think I'm doing this wrong, am I? And they were gonna go, Yeah, you gotta pay us the money back. I'm glad I did it at, you know, thirty two hundred dollars versus ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so the moral of the story is if you are a freelancer in New York State, you can do what my friends do, uh, which is illegal, but None of them have gotten busted for unemployment yeah. fraud. Or you can report from day one when you are freelancing, if you are working at all, every day, even an hour a day, and uh, and not get paid. So that's good times. Mostly, my big uh, message to you is talk to your unemployment counselor, not your friends. Yeah. yeah. God. If I, if I may weigh in. Let's please. Fuck the system. Damn the man. Bleed it all dry. Take what you can. Yeah. Marcus, you're so punk rock. Yeah. Yay! No, I'm not. You're so punk rock. <laughs> all right, man. I got to go. Speaking of the, the comedy scene, uh, some folks who I who I greatly like, and I thank them for employing me. I really, I appreciate having some freelance job action. Uh, I got to go hand in some stuff that I did for them. So that is it for this week's edition of Sex and Other Human Activities. I am Sarah Benincasa. I am Marcus Parks. Have a beautiful week, and remember uh, to ask the government lots of questions (laughs) so you understand exactly what you're supposed to be doing so that you don't fuck up and look like a dumbass like me. Goodbye, everybody.